Mark chapter 10. Am I neglecting anything, Hilda? Um, you've, you've taken care of all that needs to be announced, haven't you? Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 10. Glory to God. Amen. Seth, it's good to see you this morning. Praise God. Well, we sure have missed y'all. Amen. April, it's, it's so good to see you this morning. We've missed you. And I know, I know you've, you've been through several battles. Boy, it seemed like the enemy tried to take you out, but here you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, I love it when the devil fails. He, every, every time. Amen. Every time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I don't know if you all noticed, but we have a, we have a brand new uh, member of our worship team today. Amen. Rachel, you did a bang up job today, Rachel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you've inspired Ted. He's trying to join the team now. <laughs> he wants to, but he wants to be on the interpretive dance team. He doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> She's going to bring you flags. <laughs> oh, Lewis is. Looks like Lewis is trying to get in there now, too. Lewis and Ted. <laughs> Excuse me. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. This is where we were at last week. And so I'm, I am going to do a little brief overview or uh, uh, what do you call it? A review of, of what, we, uh, what we talked about last week. But it, let's read it. It says, when he was gone forth into the way, talking about Jesus there. And let me, I'm sorry, let me tell you what we're talking about here. We're talking about supernatural increase. We're talking about God's blessing, specifically in the area of finance. Now, I don't want you to shut down when I say that, because some people will, straightway they'll shut down. But here's what you need to understand. Before we can understand God's blessing in the area of finance, we have to understand eternal life. We have to understand the glory of God. Uh, Pastor Mikey, who was my associate for, for years here at this church, Pastor Mikey one time, some of you don't know him, uh, but he's a wonderful brother, and, um, but one time he was in prayer, and he said he was praying, and he was talking to the Lord about this, and this sticks with me, because I thought it was a, I thought it was a powerful, uh, powerful word, but he said that, uh, he was talking to the Lord, and he said, Lord, um, what, is the, what is the poorest a man can be? What is the, what is the, no, no, that's not what he said, he said, what is the richest? A man can be. That was the first thing he said. What is the richest a man can be? I mean, what does it mean to have wealth? I mean, what is the wealthiest someone can be in this life? And the Lord spoke to him and said, he said, the wealthiest a man could be is to, is to uh, walk in the glory. Because to walk in the glory of God uh, means that you are, you're, you're, you're walking in, in the greatest wealth you could ever walk in. Because when you walk in the glory, when you walk in that place, and what, what is the glory? Let me, let me define what the glory, because some of you are getting pictures of clouds and lights and, and orbs and, and uh, you know, things like that. The glory, now, when the glory, we, we're thinking about the manifestation of glory. It's like tongues. Tongues is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, right? Now, tongues is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a person. But when the Spirit of God 
uh, comes upon an individual in Holy Ghost baptism, they speak with tongues. So tongues is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, just like a flag flapping is a manifestation of the wind. We're not, when, we see a wind when we see a flag flapping, we're not seeing the wind. The wind is invisible. We're seeing a manifestation of the wind. You understand? So when someone talks in tongues or when, some, when there's a healing, some people say, ooh, look at, look at that's God's spirit. No, that's a manifestation of the spirit. You can't see God's spirit. God's spirit is invisible. Some people say, I saw the Holy Ghost. No, what you saw was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the same with the glory. The glory of God is not a cloud. The glory of God is not a flame of fire, a pillar of fire. The glory of God, uh, the, the, the pillar of fire that the children of Israel saw during the day was a manifestation of God's glory. The, or the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, that was the manifestation. So when we see scripture talk about a cloud and referring to the glory of God, that is a manifestation of the glory. So if it's, if, if it's not the glory, it's just a manifestation of the glory, then what is the glory? Here's what the glory is. Listen, the glory of, the glory of God or the glory of something is when you uh, see something or encounter something or experience something in its full measure. For example, the glory of an acorn is a full-grown oak tree. Because a full-grown oak tree is the fullness of that acorn. It's that acorn in its fullness. The, 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 glory of, of a, the glory of a baby is a full-grown, mature man. So that's the glory of a, of a, of a baby. So the glory of something is, is when, you, when it's revealed in its fullness. Amen. It's, it's when the fullness of something comes to fruition. So when God begins to function, who listen to me, church, when we begin to allow the Lord to function in his fullness in our life, that's when the glory of God is revealed in us. When we see the fullness of God, uh, uh, fullness of God, the full measure of God uh, revealed in us, amen. And so how, can, how does that manifest? Well, sometimes it manifests through, I remember one brother told me that there was a preacher that got up to preach uh, at a Pentecostal church, uh, he, well, a, super, a full gospel church. In fact, the church was called Full Gospel Assembly. And uh, this guy was the youth pastor at the time. He told me this story. But he said, uh, there's this brother that comes to preach here, and you need to come and see him. He, because, he says, because when he preaches, man, the glory of God comes into the room. And, and um, he said, uh, one time he said, I was watching him preach, and when the glory comes, he said, this guy gets to shaking, and he gets to shouting. You know, he's super Pentecostal. And he said, one time he, sh he shook so strong, he said, we, we bolted, the, we bolted the, uh, pulpit to the floor, but he shook so strong, he pulled the pulpit right, right out of the bolts that they had bolted it down with. He said, and sometimes, he says, while he's preaching, you see these rainbows appear all over. It's like, he said, the first time it happened, he said, I thought I was having a flashback from an acid trip or something, you know? He said, because I started seeing these rainbows. He said, but all of a sudden, these rainbows appeared all over the building. It was just like these sparkly rainbows. And he, and he said, it was the glory of God. Yeah, sometimes when God's glory is manifested in us, oh, hallelujah. How, when the glory of God was manifested in Moses, the Bible says the children of Israel couldn't even look at his face because his face was so shiny and brilliant and bright with of the manifestation of God's glory that the children of Israel said, put a, put a cover over your face. We can't bear to, amen. 
So, so Pastor Mikey said, the Lord said, the glory is the wealthiest of men. When a man enters into the fullness of the measure of God in his life, when we allow the full measure of God to work in us, ah, hallelujah, then, then you know what happens? The, uh, the sick get healed. The bound gets set free. Uh, we speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, people get born again. When we talk, people are convicted. When we preach, people are convicted because the word that we speak isn't just out of our head. It's out of our spirits, and it's anointed uh, by, the, by the touch of God because his glory is in manifestation. I'm going to tell you something. When you walk in the fullness of God and in the glory of God, you'll never be broke another day in your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Because because God will cause, like like he did with Jesus, he'll cause his blessing to, uh, uh, the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Amen. Uh, Not only will goodness and mercy follow you, but goodness and mercy will catch up with you and overtake you. And you'll walk in the fullness of God's blessing in every area of your life. You'll walk in divine health and wholeness. People that live in your... Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You can walk in the fullness of God in such a measure that that, that the authority that you carry won't allow sickness and disease to function around you. That you'll go, you'll go to work, there'll be people there that'll be sick, and you'll walk in the door, and immediately they'll receive a healing. Amen. One time I, w- I worked for Seagate Technologies putting together hard drives. It was in a time, and I won't get into today, I, it was an eight-month period of time where I wasn't preaching. I didn't think I should be preaching to people I was angry with. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, kicked, I kicked back for about eight months. But anyway, I, at that time for about, I can't remember how many months I worked at a place putting together hard drive. I walked in one day and my boss, I remember her name was Navanda Woolley, and she came in one day and she said, boy, I've got this migraine. She said, I'm not going to be able to work today. You're going to have to do my job. I was like, uh-uh. I ain't about to do your job. I got, I got my job to do. I ain't about to do your job. I was like, I said, no, no, no. And she's sitting there. We, we worked in a clean room where you had to put on a a, a suit, you know, a clean room suit and all and whatnot. So um, she's sitting there and she, she, she isn't putting on her suit. She's not even getting ready. She's like, I'm just going to have to lay here. I said, no, you're not. I, I went over to her. She's a good Baptist, you know. I didn't really believe in uh, 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 ministering healing to the sick. But I laid my hands on her. I said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I said, I command it to go. In fact, I, I ministered to her like I ministered to everybody that I've uh, ministered to that has migraines, and I, I, I put my hand on her, and about when I got ready to end the prayer, I took and I slapped her on the forehead, and, and I said, in the name of Jesus, and then I went, come out of her, and, and when I did, she goes, oh, and I said, I said, what happened? She said, I felt something come out of my nose. I said, there you go. I said, you're healed. I said, uh, get, your unif- get your stuff on so you can go to work because I ain't doing your job. <laughs> she sat up. She shook her head, you know, and she, she, she kind of hit herself. She's like, she said, you know, it's gone. She said, usually I'm down for three days. I said, no, you ain't even down three minutes around here. We're going we're gonna to trust God. We're going to believe God. We're going... So, so before you say, well, Brother Ziggy, you don't understand. You've been preaching all your life. It's easy to get people healed at church. Listen, I've been where you're at, and I've, I've gone to places where you've gone, worked with people that were foul-mouthed. Navanda Woolley wasn't foul-mouthed, but boy, she was, uh, you want to talk about resistant to the things of God. Even though she was a Baptist, she sure wasn't open to the things that I had to say. I mean, I'm a tongue talker in there praising God all day long. I slapped her on the head, and she couldn't deny it no more. Amen. Praise God. 
So the glory of God, the glory of God and the fullness thereof will, will bring, ah, shele prefia. Oh, glory to God. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to be in a long fight with sickness and disease. You don't have to be in a long fight with him. You can whip it and you can whip it quick. Glory to God. But you're not going to do it in the strength of you. You're not going to do it through going through a mental exercise. You're not going to do it by uh, just reciting scriptures over and over and over again. Now, I'm, I'm not discouraging the reciting and the memorization of scriptures. I think you ought to say what the word of God says. But uh, at, at some point, that word of God has to become a part of every fight. It has to become a part of your spiritual DNA. It has to become a part of your being so that God can begin to rise up in his fullness in your life and the devil be rebuked. Amen. Glory. Amen. Glory to God. Boy, I'm, amen. I came serious today. So, so he said, well, Lord, if, if the glory is the most blessed somebody can be, the most prosperous, the, the rich, if that's the riches, what is poverty? And the Lord spoke to him and said, poverty is a man in, in hell with no chance of ever being in fellowship with God ever again. And so poverty, I, listen church, poverty isn't a financial condition. Poverty is a spiritual condition with natural manifestations. If you're, if you're broke, if you're broke, that is a manifestation of poverty. Lack is a manifestation of poverty. And poverty is a curse. God, listen, I know, this, this is what makes some people mad when I tell it. Because I said, poverty is a curse, and God's not pleased with poverty. God's not pleased with it. Some people get upset. They're like, well, he loves the poor. Amen, he loves the poor, but he hates poverty. Because poverty is a curse. And the Bible says Jesus came to eradicate poverty. And we'll, we'll, I'll show you that. But anyhow, so uh, what, you, what you need to understand is that I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to teach you how to get a pink Cadillac. Come on now. We're not, we're not going to leave service over here and go and, and walk around, you know, a mansion over Nichols Hills, you claiming it for the glory of God. That's not what we're going to do. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a mansion. You can live anywhere you want to live. Did you hear what I just said? Some of you are like, oh, well, pastor, you know, it's according to... It's according to our income. No, it ain't according to your income. It's according to your faith. If you want to live in Nichols Hills, you can live in Nichols Hills. And you shouldn't care what anybody thinks about it. Who cares if anybody else will be like, you don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks about what I drive. I quit caring a long time ago. It's like, I'll, I'll drive what I want to drive. You drive what you want. Well, you're not going to drive what you want to drive. You're going to drive what your money tells you you can drive. But I don't, I don't let money tell me what to do. I don't, live by, I don't live by what money says. I live by what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm not going to get up and look my, down my nose at everybody because I got a fancy car. But if I want to drive something fancy, I'm just going to drive it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will, will, is it, will, there be per, will there be persecution? Well, yeah, I've, I've had some persecution over the years from people that don't know nothing. Amen. I get persecuted when I believe God that we're going to that we're going to uh, 
you know, I've, I've gotten more persecution over healing since COVID than I ever did praying for cancer and, and stuff like that. The minute COVID came, all of a sudden God's people got stupid and COVID had more power than any, anything else. And that we're supposed to do what COVID said or what scientists said. Well, we gotta, we gotta believe the science. We gotta. Well, if you're gonna believe the science, then you know, you're, if when you get cancer, just dig your hole out back. Well, praise the Lord, Amen. Yeah, you don't want me to get too far into that. Praise God. All right. So, Mark chapter ten. So, what I'm ta- what I'm teaching you on is how to walk in the fullness of the measure of God's uh, glory in your life. And that will affect you financially. If it doesn't affect you financially, then you're not really walking in the full measure of God's glory. Because God ain't broke. He's loaded. You, you do understand God's loaded. He has streets made of gold. He got a gate made of a single pearl. One pearl. That's just one of them. Now, I know there's some people say, oh, that's just silly. You know, that doesn't really, the Bible doesn't really mean that when it's well you know here's the deal god's loaded bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills the earth is the lord's in the fullness thereof amen all the gold and all the silver belongs to him all the brass every it all belongs to him and we're his children praise god so let's get let's get on with this amen so what i'm trying to persuade you of in these um the, the first step, if you're going to walk in the fullness of God's blessing in every area, and, we're, and I am specifically targeting finance, and here's why, because I believe that God wants to do something for his church. Uh, if, if nobody else gets it, Winner's Church is going to get this. If, if no other church get, latches onto this, now we're going to Queen City next week. I'll be here for the morning service, but I'll be in Queen City, Texas uh, next Sunday night through, I think, Wednesday, possibly through Friday, if, if, if whatever the Lord does. But that, that meeting over in Queen City, all I'm going to talk about is, is uh, walking in God's blessing financially. And here's why. Because there's something going on in the atmosphere of the Spirit. There's something going on in the realm of the Spirit. There's a transfer of wealth that God wants to bring about in this hour. God wants to transfer, God wants to transfer some things into your hands that have been in the hands of the wicked. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. Well, you know what? It ain't laying up. It ain't laid up no more. It's coming to you. Amen. It's coming to me. And God's, God's trying to get something in his people's hand. But we've, we've, got to, we've got to appropriate this thing properly. We've got to make sure that we have an understanding and a, and a perspective on this that doesn't lead us into a, into a wrong direction, that doesn't lead us to a place where we're just looking for the manifestation and we're not really understanding that we're facilitating the glory. Amen. So let's, let's, now let me read, now that I've done all that. It says, uh, verse 17, and when he was gone forth into the way, talking about Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may, that I may inherit eternal life? Now see there, say, what is the subject then? Eternal life, right? So when this, when this, this is the story, what the Bible calls the story of the rich young ruler. When this guy comes to Jesus, he comes like a Pentecostal. Do you notice that? He comes, he comes like a charismatic. He came running <laughs> and kneeling <laughs> and praising. Good master. <laughs> what may I do that I may inherit eternal life? And so his, the subject of, this, of these entire verses is eternal life. But I want you to see the direction that this went. Real quickly, how, the direction that this went. 
And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. And we talked about this last week. It'd be nice for Jesus to look at us and say, Well, you're only lacking one thing. One thing thou lackest. So the subject of these verses is what? Eternal life. Say eternal life. Now eternal life. Listen to me. When we hear the word eternal life, we think of longevity. We think of the length of life that we're going to live forever. And we think that when we talk about having inherited eternal life, that the Bible is talking about you're going to live forever. Now let me ask you a question because you really know the answer to this. Who lives forever? Everyone. So, do, so everyone has eternal life as far as longevity or length of life. Everyone, whether they serve God or don't serve God, is going to live forever. The, the, question is, <laughs> the question is the quality of life you're going to live while you're living in the earth and where you're going to spend that eternity. So when, when Jesus is talking about eternal life and when the Bible is talking about eternal life, it's talking about not only the, qu the quantity of life that you have, but the quality of life that you live. Eternal life, when the Bible talks about us having eternal life, the life it's talking about is life and life more abundantly. Amen. Oh, ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Will you do a... Someone do a search for me on their iPad. Can you do one, Ayla, on your iPad or somebody do a search? I know some of you are taking notes, but if you can search on your iPad and search up the Spirit-Filled Life Bible translation of John 10.10. 10. John 10.10, 10, the Spirit-Filled Life Bible translation. John 10.10. 10. So eternal life for the believer, for you as a Christian, eternal life is not just that you're going to live forever, but you're going to live the God kind of life forever, including in, in this life. And so um, Jesus, Jesus lived that quality of life. So when we look into the life of Jesus, we see, we see that, that quality of his life. You know what Jesus did? Jesus went up. The Bible says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that we know that Jesus went, uh, Jesus' whole life, of, of the, what we know of it, what, what's written in history, uh, his whole life in ministry, he went about preaching, teaching, and then demonstrating what he preached and taught. He went around preaching, teaching, and healing the sick. Everywhere he went, he brought heaven to earth. He went from city to city bringing heaven to earth. He went from city to city bringing heaven to earth. See, that's eternal life. That's eternal life. Guess what? When Jesus was born, you know, I know some people are like, well, Jesus, you know, poor Jesus, he was homeless. Jesus was not homeless. You know, we, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to quit believing lies, church. Jesus was not homeless. Are y'all hearing me today? I know some of you are like, why is this important for me to hear? Because you're jacked up. When, when, you, when, you're, when you're jacked up in this area, when you don't understand these things, you're ineffective when you're trying. You know why people aren't being won to Christ by Christians? Because we don't have anything they want. They look at us and they say, if that's being a Christian, I don't want any part of it. 
Why? Because we're not living in the fullness of the life that of uh, uh, in the in the in the quality of eternal life we're not in that glorious life that the bible says that god intended to reveal us you know why because we choose our ways over god's ways because we choose to be the way that we want to be instead of the way the bible commands us to be We take up offense and we think it's not going to have any effect on the glory of God manifest. We don't think it's going to have any effect on our, on our health. Some of you sick because you are you in unforgiveness. Some of you sick because of the ought that you carry against other people. Some of you sick because you're willing to speak against others. Because you take a stand against, against not just godly people, but any people. And, and people don't understand. Some people are broke. Some people are broke financially. And, they, and money don't come to them because of, the, because of the things they allow to come out of their mouths and out of their life. Because it contradicts the word of God. It's, I know some of you are like, man, I battle. I have battled my whole life. I've battled. I got a phone call this week, and I hope maybe, you know, maybe she's watching. I, I don't know. But I've got a phone call this week. I got a message. Someone wanted me to call them. They said, I just need to talk. And as we were talking, man, it, she, this, this chick was going through hell. I mean, literal hell on earth. And when I talked to her, she says, since I've been a Christian, I've been through hell. I've been attacked on every side. I, have, I've, I mean, since I've been a believer, every day is a fight. This is constant. It's just constant fighting all the time, constant battling, a constant struggle to try to be everything that God wants me to be. Do you know that God doesn't intend for you to struggle your whole life? If you've been struggling since the day you got born again or since the day that you said yes to God, if you're, if you're still struggling, if you're still in a battle, it might, if you might consider this, you might consider that you, there might be too much of you in the mix and the struggle. You're probably creating the struggle by trying to hang on to things that you want. Where's Miss Carolyn? I know Miss Carolyn is here. Where is she? Is she in the back? Okay. She's with the kids. I hope she don't, I hope she don't mind me telling this glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Is, is this helping anybody here today? Glory, glory, glory. One, one time, and I, again, I hope Carolyn didn't mind me telling this, but we, someone ask her if it's okay for me to share this. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 I'm, I, I'm pretty sure she's okay with this. But one time she came to me and she said, Pastor, she said, um, I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like that I'm having to, uh, ooh, boy, I'm about to say something. Listen, Miss Carolyn is about to help us right now. Miss Carolyn is probably, Ms., if you don't know who Miss Carolyn is, she's about, she's about this big, and she's just a strong, uh, very independent, wonderful, powerful, I mean, dynamite comes in small packages. I mean, if you didn't know better, you'd have thought that was Carolyn right there, but anyhow, um, but Miss Car- <laughs> Gabe came walking. Anyway, <laughs> not you, Gabe, the other Gabe. Um, Carolyn, Carolyn is a very strong, opinionated, uh, godly, Jesus-loving black woman. And I, and I, I point out that she's black for one reason, because I'm, I'm going to help you with something here. But she came to me one day, and she said, Pastor... And she was, she, was very, she, was, uh, she was in an inner struggle when we talked. And she said, Pastor, I just want to, uh, 
I want to uh, talk to you because she said, I feel like, listen to what, y'all listen to what I'm about to say. She said, I feel like that as long as I've been a part of Winner's Church, as long as I've been a part of this church, there has been, there has been a, uh, um, a pressing for me to change. It's like there, I come here and I feel the pressure to change. And I was like, okay. She said, but she said, what I'm struggling with, she said, is I feel like that I'm betraying who I am. I'm, I'm having to betray who I am to be what, and, and, sh, and she, gave, she gave me a couple of examples. She says, now here's the thing. She says, is that other people aren't being required to do the same. I feel like I'm required to do it, but then somebody else does something that I feel like I'm required to do, and they, they go off and they do something, and it don't mean nothing to them, and nobody says nothing to them, and no one asks them to change. But I feel like I'm asked to change. She said, and I feel like that I'm having to get away from the person that I am, my personality, the way that I, she said, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm having to betray who, I've, who I am to be what I feel the pressure to be as I've been a part of Winner's Church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, here's, the, here's, what's, here's what's awesome. We, we know that for a long time in this country, black, black and still, still yet, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's over with, but black, black men, black women, the black community in general, and again, I'm not, uh, I just want, I think, it's, I think everyone's aware of the fact that there's been a discrimination, there's been um, prejudice. Uh, we're not going to have an argument over it. It's the, it's the truth. I've experienced it myself. Uh, you, you know, you've come too late to tell me that it doesn't, that's not real. Um, too many people have been around me and witnessed it. I mean, I'm a preacher and it, it happens all the time. So anyway, um, we're not going to fix that except for through the glory of God. But one of the things that is taught, and if you're, if you're black, Hispanic, if you're, if you're of some other, you know, something other than um, white in this country, one of the things that happens in your family, and not all families, but most families, but especially in the black community, I've seen this in the black community a lot, is that black people, women uh, especially, be who you are. You are a queen. You are to be valued. And there's a, there's a reason why, and I, am, am, I, am I right, Jasmine? There's a, re, there's a reason why those things have been taught in the black community to black women because society has tried to persuade black people black women indigenous women now you don't hear this in but you don't hear this in native. they don't tell natives you're a native queen you know what i'm saying you know that's not what happens so it's different in that culture but in the black culture for sure you're a queen you are you are priceless you are worthy you are strong. You are beautiful. You know, you got good hair. You know, all these things. I had to reinforce that with my daughter. You got good hair. You walk in the room and everybody sees you because of your good hair. 
<laughs> but anyway, you know, there's this, re there's this positive reinforcement because, because parents of minority, especially black children, uh, black, black fathers having discussions with black sons about, you know, be careful what you wear when you're out driving at night. Be careful not to look ominous. Be careful when you talk with a police officer not to talk with Ebonics. Don't, you know, don't, that's, I know that's you, but they, there's something about that. You can't, you can't look ghetto. You can't act ghetto. You can't act street. You can't act thuggish. You got to be careful. Now, that, that's not a discussion that other, that other cultures have with their, with their sons and with their daughters. But when you have that discussion, here's what happens is that you begin to build that. And it's good that you have that positive reinforcement. But when you, when you get born again, that's what you get for trying to snack during church. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, Ted. I'm just kidding. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Someone give him the Heimlich. Anyway, <laughs> I think that was what got him, was one of those. I think it went down the... <laughs> You're not supposed to swallow it, Ted. You're supposed to... <laughs> Praise God. Before I was so rudely interrupted. Anyway, no... <laughs> So there's this thing that we build up about ourselves. We start to identify with something that we were not taught by the word of God, but what we were taught by our culture. I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but the Bible says that in God's kingdom, there's no black, there's no white, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no man, there's no woman. There's only born again people. That God's grace elevates us all to the same place. Now, you say, yeah, but society, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. And so some of the things that you have used to positive, positively reinforce yourself, to keep yourself feeling, are y'all hearing me today? Feeling good about yourself, believing about yourself. You have to, you may have to take and you may have to adjust those to fit what the word of That's right. Amen. Boy, I am preaching. I am preaching. And so I told Carolyn, I said, Carolyn, I said, here's the thing. I said, is that God, God is dealing with you. He's working with you. And some people, they don't let God work in them that way. There's some people in this church that some of you, you, you live in a way, and, when, and I'll, I'll, listen, I'll sit down and I'll talk with you, and I will pray with you, and, I, and I, you know I'll tell you the truth, and I'll tell it to you in a way that it don't sting real bad. But most of what we wrestle with in life, we wrestle with because God's trying to get rid of... God's trying to, to, to persuade us that if we'll get rid of those things that don't align themselves with the word of God in our lives, that it will produce, it will produce a better quality of life. It produces the God kind of life. Amen. Amen. You know what I told Carolyn? I said, Carolyn, I've been changing. And I said, here's the thing. I'm not changing for anybody. I'm not changing for you. When I had long hair in the early days, when I looked like Eli there, 
Eli, wave your hand so people can see you. That's how my hair looked back in the day. When my hair looked like Eli's, except for it got so big, it started got getting heavy and would hang down to where, you know, it looked long. And, um, but when I had hair like that, the Lord spoke to me and said, cut your hair. I was like, well, Lord, you don't care nothing about nobody's hair. You, you know, you don't care how long my hair is. That's, a, that's religious. That's legalism. You love me just the way that I am. One day, one day, Ted's daughter came over and she had a tattoo, and, and Ted said, was that okay for you to get that? I mean, was the, did you clear that with the Lord, at least? Did you clear that with the Lord? She said, Daddy, God don't, God don't care nothing about tattoos. He don't care nothing about that. Jesus loves me just the way that I am. Here's the deal. You're right. But if your tattoos were to hinder what God wanted you to do in life, what God into now I know saying well then I wouldn't want to have any part of God well that's fine then live without him you nasty thing but don't blame him and don't blame the church and don't blame everybody else because you chose to be an idiot you know God has a purpose and he has a plan for us you know I don't know if you understand this or not but you get the better end of the deal you deserve death you deserve damnation. That's what you deserve. You deserve nothing. But he's willing to exchange all of your nasty crap with all that he is. Amen. All the goodness and all the fullness of God. So you're not, you know what? You're not really betraying yourself. You're not betraying yourself. You're not betraying who you are. You, you, you just haven't really identified who you really are. God created you and he created you with a purpose. And if you feel like somehow or another you are betraying who you are. No, you're betraying who you were. Before he came in and he gave you a brand new life. Amen. Now listen, you can go ahead and have your old life if you want it. But here's the deal. Don't get on Facebook and start bashing the church. Don't get on Facebook and start bashing me. Don't get on Facebook and start bashing God. Talking about how God is such a miserable, amen. You know, there's some people, oh, they make you feel guilty. No, you feel guilty because you won't embrace eternal life. You, you keep choosing, you keep choosing like a dog returns to its vomit. You keep choosing a bad way when God has, boy, I'm preaching today. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? See, the issue isn't with God. God, God is not condemning you. Your own recreation. I'm, I'm going to keep on here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read you something. Oh, maybe I shouldn't. Okay, I'll read it. You don't have to twist my arm that much. I'm going to read it. Um, there's a, I was on Facebook here. You know, y'all, y'all know about Facebook, don't you? Uh, face, I, sometimes I like to call it face plant. And uh, there was a minister that I'm familiar with that uh, got on faceplant and spiritually did a faceplant. He don't realize it, but he really did. Um, If he's true to form, he's probably deleted it by now. Oh, no, he didn't. Thank God. (coughs) I can't comment on it anymore, but anyway. (laughs) He says this. He said, 
I heard a very well-known pastor or television minister say yesterday uh, when they were ministering that the Holy Spirit does not convict believers of their sin. Uh, he's not in the condemnation business. When he said it, I, I, cried, I cringed so hard immediately and turned it off. And then he went into a whole thing about there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. And then, of course, there were a plethora of comments uh, that said, oh, you're so right. That's such false teaching. It was probably this preacher. It was probably that preacher. That sounds like Joel Osteen or something that he would say. You know, all of a sudden people begin to take pot shots. Here, here's the thing. Guess what? The Holy Spirit don't convict believers of sin. He was wrong. What, what, what people do is they take a scripture in the book of Matthew that says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Well, you know what? There's a difference between the believer and the world. You know, you know the only time the Holy Ghost ever convicted you is when you got born again? That's the only time you were ever convicted of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit convicts the world of the rejection of Christ. So when you got born again, you were convicted by the Holy Spirit to repent of your sin. Do you know after that, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus? Old what does the Bible say? Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. And what, what else does the world say? He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when you were born again. Your righteousness wasn't based on your performance. Uh, your, the, the, uh, the, the, the depth of the change that happened in your life wasn't based on the, the, the way that you uh, lived your life from that point on. On the inside, you became holy. So do you know, after you got born again, it wasn't the Spirit of God that convicted you. It's not the spirit. Of, you know, it's not the spirit of God that makes you feel bad about the stupid stuff that you do. God's not trying to make. You know who it is that makes you feel bad? You make you feel bad because your spirit's no longer the same. Your spirit is brand new, made in the image of God. And every time you try to do stupid stuff, your spirit says, "Don't." Your spirit says, "You're better than this. There's something better for you than this." It's not the Holy Spirit telling you nothing. God's, already, God's done with it. He's already done his work. We're trying to blame that on God. That's, see, that's you. Amen. Amen. I commented that. I, I even put the scripture. I said, you know, read the scripture. I said, you won't find anywhere in the Bible says conviction. You know, that the, that the Holy Ghost convicts believers of sin. And, and he deleted my comment and kept me where I can't comment no more. <laughs> you know what else I found interesting? Is it 12 hours ago he posted, there's a problem when sin doesn't offend you, but correction does. <laughs> I almost commented on that, but I thought, no, I'll leave that alone. You know, there's, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I'll be glad to know he made my sermon this morning. <clears throat> he'll be over. He'll be overflowing with joy. <laughs> so, are you are you getting this, church? Are you getting this? Are you are you understanding? So, it's 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 entertaining those when you entertain when you entertain the thought that you're not worthy. When you entertain the thoughts 
thoughts that contradict scripture. When you entertain unforgiveness, when you entertain bitterness, when you entertain ought, when you give place to that, you know, there's some things I preach up here. I, I know some of you are going to find this shocking. But there's some things I preach in here that some people don't agree with. People that have been members of this church for 10 years. That every time I say something that they don't agree with, they don't get their drawers in a bunch and decide they're going to leave the church because I said something they didn't agree with. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this or not, but it's okay to disagree. <laughs> we can disagree with one another. But some of us, the minute we disagree with someone, we let it set the course of our life in a direction maybe the Lord don't want it to go. That's why some of you will never find a church, not one that, you'll want, that you want to go to. And then you wonder why you can't come. Because you got to get to the point where you're like, well, you know what? doesn't matter where I go. I'm going to disagree with people. And it don't really make a, don't really make a difference. But I've got to align myself with the word of God. Oh, yeah. I've still got to do what God's word tells me to do. I've got to love people. You've got to love your pastor. Well, praise Jesus. I don't quit answering your text when you say something I don't agree with. I don't unfriend you off Facebook. <laughs> Block you on Instagram. <clears throat> I just thought I'd throw that in there for free. We, we've, we've, got, we've got to make sure... That what we're doing facilitates the glory of God. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan, that the Spirit of God came and settled on him. I know some of you are like, I thought you were talking about money. I am. Oh, yeah. It's these reasons why a bunch of us are broke. It's not because you're not givers. I'm not going to get up here and talk to you about giving when that's not the problem. Man, we got a whole slew of givers up in this church. It's not not giving. Now, that's a part of it. If you're not giving, you're... you're I ain't even talking to you right now because you're, you're not doing the, 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 the very basic fundamentals to get, to, to have, to be, for, for, for God's blessing, for, the, for it to be given unto you, you have to be a giver. That's right. Amen. If you're going to reap, you got to sow. I mean, that's just the basics. But some of us are sowing and we're giving, but we're still, we're still minus the full measure of the blessing that comes with being a giver. So you've got to begin to examine. What are you allowing to work in your life that takes you all out of that, that place of allowing the fullness of God's spirit to be? Some of you, what you're doing is you're belittling yourself regularly. You pray and you pray, I'm not worthy. God, I know I'm not worthy. You don't have to tell him that. He knows you're not worthy. He's known it since you got born again, but he loves you anyhow. And his blessing on your life has nothing to do with whether you're worthy or not. If, 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 if it was about whether you're worthy or not, none of us qualify. Some of you still waiting to be good enough to do ministry. Guess what? You're never good enough. 
But you know what? You're going to have to go ahead and fulfill the purpose of God. You're going to have to work things out along the way. Yeah, but I feel bad. Well, quit sinning. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not really that hard. You don't cut way back on the sin. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's difficult. You know, if we wouldn't do sin if it wasn't so much fun. I got, I got kicked off of TBN for two, two and a half, three years for saying that. I went on TBN. I was doing the Praise the Lord program. Guy in a Mustang, pastor in Mustang, I think he's retired now. He came on there and, and he had told me in the green room, it was real, it was strange. Because I was on staff at an Assembly God church at the time, and when we were sitting back there in the green room, he found out what church I was on staff at, and he said, Oh, he says, Good, I'm your presbyter. He said, You better look out. And I was like, I don't know what I have to look out for. I said, I'm on staff at an Assembly God church, but I'm not licensed to Assembly God, so you, I don't care what you, you know. <laughs> so I mean, I wasn't trying to be ugly. I didn't say that to him, but I thought it. And um, so anyhow, we get out there on the on the set, and it's it's a live program at the time. And uh, later they started taping. Probably my fault, but anyway. <laughs> so we get out there, and when we get out there, he starts talking to me, and he's like, "Tell everybody where you're from." I tell him where I'm from. I tell him what church we're at. We you know we talk. I was about 22 years old at the time. And, and I, I began to talk to him about how that, you know, I I've, I've, have suffered some persecution because of my age. I said, you know, and some people, I guess they think I'm too young. You know, it was something like that. We're getting into something. He says, yeah, yeah, why don't you tell them how old you are? You know, and he, he began to pick on me about my age, which was just what we were talking about. And I was like, well, I'm 22, you know. And uh, he goes, oh, yes, he says, Yes, my child, you know, and he, he starts kind of, it was, it was in a very belittling way. I said, yeah, I know. I said, I realize you probably have uh, shoes at home older than I am. And, and that didn't go well. He, he didn't really care for that comment. And so I was like, I mean, it's probably true though, right? I mean, you know, I'm trying to fix it on live television. I could tell, and, and, and his wife was like, whoa, 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 you know, and, and finally, 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 they were just like, um, well, you know, he's like, he, he was mad. I mean, he, he wasn't even playing. He's, he, I have the videotape. It's great. But anyway, he's, he looks at me. He says, well, why don't you just tell your story? Because I was their drug story for the month. For them, to, for them to be able to get money from the government, they had to have someone get on there and tell a drug story because then they got money from the federal government uh, for, you know, anti-drug stuff and what, whatnot. But anyway, that was me. I was their anti-drug story. I was going to, I was supposed to tell the story of how the Lord delivered me from drug addiction. So I began to talk to them about my addiction and how the Lord delivered me. And I, I told that story. He said, now he says, why is it that you uh, did those drugs? Did you come from a broken home? Was you, you know, did you get dropped on your head as a kid? And, and he says, you know, what was it that took you down that path? What, what made you choose that life? It had to be something, you know, what was going on in your life? I looked at him. I said, you've never done drugs, have you? He says, no, I've been in church all my life. I said, I can tell. I said, here's the deal. I said, I didn't come from a broken home. I didn't get dropped on my head by my mama. I said, uh, I said let, me, let me tell you why people do drugs. It is fun. <laughs> it makes you feel good. I said, oh, that, I said that's, the, that's, the, that's the draw of sin. You know, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But it's so much fun, we'll do it anyhow. 
Amen. We know the consequences. You know, we would, would jump into bed with people we don't know. We know there's the risk of, of venereal disease. We know there's the risk of, of carrying something away. That, you know, but we'll do it anyhow. You know why? We like it. <laughs> and so I, I said, I said, I said, you know, uh, and so when I said that, I didn't get asked back for a lot. I, it, was, it may have been longer than three years. It may have been more like six years. But anyhow, uh, I didn't get asked back for a lot. I got kicked off. But anyhow. <laughs> but see, sin is not the, it's not the sin that's the problem. It's the way that we respond to the sin. So what knocks us off course, Anna? Well, when we, when we do something stupid, I'm not talking specifically, Anna's like, oh my God, he's preaching. He's going he's gonna to expose me right here. No, no, no. I mean, so here's what the trouble is. We, we, get into a, we get into a bad way. I'll talk to you and Shelby, but we get into a bad way. And then we, and then we start talking like this. I'm so not worthy. I'm just so not worthy. My God, I, I just don't cut the mustard. Pastor lives such a better life than I do. No wonder he's so blessed. You know... Annie, Pastor Annie and Pastor Zig have such a wonderful marriage because they just, I mean, they must, they must, they must float around their home. I'm sure they never fight. They, you know, you get in a scrap with your wife, with your husband, you're like, Pastor Zig and Pastor, they, they never do that. I'm sure they never do this. No wonder they have such a wonderful marriage. Yeah, that's a lie. We do have a wonderful marriage. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you know why we have a wonderful marriage? Because we don't, our, our marriage isn't based on our performance. It's based, right. we, Jesus is Lord over our lives. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know what? We could choose to be, uh, we could choose to, uh, I might say something. I was in a, I was in a terrible, I haven't been in a bad mood in years. I mean, I'm talking about. It's been probably 20 years since I've been in that a foul mood. Is that, I mean, am, I, am I lying? It's right, right? I'm not in a foul, I don't get in foul moods. I live in joy. But when I went on Monday to, to go pick up my airplane, <laughs> is this, am I helping anybody? I went to pick up my airplane from being painted on Monday, and when we got there, from about six feet away, it looked gorgeous. But when you got about three feet away, it's like, wait a minute, something wrong. <laughs> so I start looking at it, you know, I start feeling on it, I'm like, this isn't good. There's polish in all the cracks, there's, uh, there's uh, uh, the paint is um, marred. They, they had put tape on the paint before the paint had cured, the paint underneath had cured to paint another layer, and the, there was a chemical reaction between the tape and the, the uncured paint that marred the paint, and so that chemical reaction took that marring very deeply into the paint, a brand new painted airplane, and those, where were those lines at? It covered every inch of the airplane. I was like, I said, well, there aren't any runs. I mean, Michael's, Michael's sitting there watching me try to not have a breakdown. 
I just keep, I just keep reinforcing the positive because I can feel myself spiraling into a, because I'm very, you all don't know this about me, but there are some things I, 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 I put my OCD energy towards and that airplane that takes care of a lot of, a lot of that. <laughs> and so I'm looking and I'm, I'm like, I, I go to look at a place that I asked him, is it, are, can we talk about this? Is this a, I, go, I, I go look at, a do, at the door that I wanted him to fix because there was a crease in it, and I look, and the crease is still there. They just painted over it. And I was like, hey, you know, I wanted you to fix this crease in the door. Oh, we, didn't, we must not have seen it. I said, I pointed it out four times. Sent you an email about it. I looked under the cowling at a place that I asked them to repair. They just painted over a hole. I'm like, I mean, is that your policy that you paint over holes? I did pay $35,000 for this paint job. I could have paid 17, but I didn't want to pay 17 because I would have had to wait four months to get it. It would have been just as nice, but it would have taken four months. It's taken four months anyway. So already I'm, you know, perturbed. So I'm looking around and we point out, we point out the, the things that I asked them to do. There's a hole in the bottom. They didn't cover. The, I mean, this is, everything that I wanted them to do, they hadn't done. They painted over some, you know, drain ports. I'm like, this is painted over. You're going to have to fix this. And I said, I tell you what, we're going to go to lunch. We'll come back and... Boy, I'm telling you, they were glad to get us out of there. And they went to work trying to fix what was broken. So we came back an hour later, and I brought somebody with me, <laughs> a guy from across the field that works on my airplane regularly, who would have a fresh eye, who would be clear in his mind, because right now my mind is racing. So he came, and he said, uh-oh. And I said, what? He goes, did you look at this? He had his phone out. They wouldn't give me a light. Those rascals wouldn't give me a light to shine on the airplane. So I got a light today, and I'm going back tomorrow. And it, anyhow, oh, yeah. they, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't show me. So he got his phone out, and he started looking. And there was a place, you know, I'm, I'm making this shirt. So this place this long, maybe that long, four inches long, and about, you know, an inch wide that they had painted with a brush to touch up an area uh, with a brush. And he found it. He said, he said, you all painted this with a brush. I was like, you painted with a brush. I said, is that how you all do? I mean, is that how you do things around? Oh, no, sir. I said, then why are you doing it to me? And then I, 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 shined, the, I shined the light onto my cow, and they had painted over some cracks in the cowling. I'm saying, there are cracks in this cowling. Did you sand it down? Did you put filler in it? I mean, did you fix, isn't that how you fix these things? You put Bondo in there or some, or you put some, you know, I'm like, isn't that, I mean, isn't that your policy? I mean, or do, or do you just, do you just paint over stuff? Is that what you do? You just paint, and the guys, you know, the guys real close, I'm getting perturbed now. I, I've been Pastor Zig, now I'm, now I've become Saragossa. <laughs> I walked in Pastor Zig, now I'm Saragossa Sanchez the third. And I said, is this, is this, of course, Michael's, you know, hanging out in the back talking to the, <laughs> he's trying to recruit guys to work on roofs and stuff. But anyway, 
He's like, man, you, you, did, you did nothing on this plane. You ought to come work on a roof for me. Anyway, so I'm like, is that what you do? And I'm, by this time, I was, and I you know, kind of chewed his head off a little bit. And, but I was getting serious. I'm like, if this, is this your policy? Is this the way you do things? No, sir. I said, then why am I here? Why did you do this to me? Why did you try to deliver this? I said, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, I started giving him a lecture. I said, you should be ashamed of yourself. I said, I, I detail airplanes. I would never deliver an airplane to a customer looking like this. Polishing all the cracks. I said, all these, all this marring. I said, all these things. And I said, I paid 35. I said, I've got an airplane sitting out on the ramp. I paid $35,000 to have that airplane painted. You should go look at it. So they, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get you ready so you understand. So you understand. Because some of you, you think, oh, Pastor Zig, you know, he just lives there in a third heaven. Oh, my God. Ayla's like, I know you don't live there because I've been with you. <laughs> some people, that's their, their, that's their thought. That's their idea. You know, their, their idea is that somehow or another, we're, we, we, live, we're, we don't ever have any challenges. They gave me some yellow tape. They said, mark all the discrepancies. I put over 50 pieces of tape on that airplane of places that were bad. Corrosion painted over, chips painted over, body work that wasn't done, just stuff that was just stupid. By the time I got done, I was not happy. You know, do you know they didn't say a word to me? I, I was like, I gave them the tape. I said, there it is. I said, you know I didn't mark all of it. I said, are you going to remember it? I said, do you have like this photographic memory? I said, because you're not writing anything down. I mean, shouldn't you be writing it down? Shouldn't you be taking notes? Shouldn't you be figuring this out? Because, I mean, we're, you know, they're just looking at me, David. They just want us to leave, don't they, Michael? They said, well, would you like to just take it home and bring it back later? I'm like, are you I said, call, I just call me tomorrow. Call me tomorrow and tell me what, what's going on. Well, the manager will be here tomorrow. I said, yeah. And we walked out. We left. So I wasn't in it on Monday. <laughs> when I came home, I didn't walk in the door and go, praise the Lord. It wasn't like a Jim and Tammy Faye show. God loves you. He really, really does. I wasn't hearing, you can make it, you can make it, this trial you're going through, God's going to show you just what to do, you can make it. That's, that's not what I was hearing. What I was hearing was, how am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? You start going through, you know, what are you, I have just given these people a ton of money, and this doesn't look like it can be fixed. In the, I'm telling you right now, I, I really honestly, and I'm, I'm not say, I've not seen it yet, I'm, 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 I'm hoping for the best, planning for the worst. But there's a possibility that that airplane will stay there for another month to get repainted. Because I will not take it in any other condition other than the condition. That it, but, but here's the thing, it's a, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I, I had to resist the temptation of bringing it up Wednesday during Wednesday night service. 
I had to resist the temptation. You know what? You know, some of you would have been on Facebook. These miserable. It had been on. It had been on Instagram, Snapchat. You'd have been asking. You'd have had a poll up on your. What do you think I should do? Well, you know what? That's not how we live our lives. Some of you broke because that's how you live your life. Some of you sick because that's how you live your life. Because instead of, instead of us getting over there, and so you know what? I was, I, I was still telling it. I was still talking. And Annie, you know, she was like, uh, even last night, we were with Tyler and Ayla. We were having dinner. And Tyler said, so what was wrong with the airplane? And he goes, don't ask. I've just got him out of a funk. I mean, he just came through. He just prayed through, Tyler, and now you've got him thinking. But you know, now I did. I had to pray through. I had to get to the other side. They, they claim they fixed it. You know, I pray to God they did. We're going to find out. But you know what? I'm going to live in victory anyhow. I'm going to rejoice anyhow. And he's going to work all things together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. That airplane ain't even mine. It's his. He gave it to me. God wants a janky airplane. He can have a janky airplane, but I don't think he wants a janky airplane. So I'm going to do my best to fight for him to have a nice one. <laughs> but I'm not going to fight in the flesh. So here, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. We all face challenges. We all go through difficulties, but we can't give ourselves over to the things that are in our minds and in ourselves that put us in a way. Now, listen, I wasn't making good confessions all week. If Marissa had been around me last week, she'd have been like, well, Brother Copeland said, <laughs> but that isn't where I was at because sometimes we all go to the, are y'all hearing me? Yes. Here's the thing. You can't stay there too long. You've you got to snap out of it. You got to snap out. You got to quit being. You got to quit acting like you're a victim. You know what I could have said? Why does this always happen to me? Why always me? Me, me. Every time I do something. No. I didn't do that. No. In the name of Jesus. Bless God. I'm. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I have favor with God. I have favor with men. Hallelujah. I said maybe Jesus works over there. If Jesus works over there, we'll be all right. Hallelujah. And I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus worked there, but I'm, I mean, Jesus worked there. Jesus worked there. <laughs> I think Jesus had a, <laughs> I, think, I think Jesus was a, was a guy with the buffer. <laughs> uh, amen. Well, I'm going to quit there. I, I hope, I hope this helped you. So we're, we, we need, to, we need to facilitate the life of God. We need to say the kinds of things that will cause eternal life. That, that, that fellow was asking about eternal life. Jesus was trying to tell him about eternal life. This is how you get eternal life. Not just by doing the commandments and all that. There was one thing he lacked. What was the, let's, let's at least see the thing that he lacked. What did he lack? Put it up there. Oh, Marissa. Marissa, there you are. Hi. Brother Copeland said, Verse 21, one thing thou lackest, <laughs> that's what he said, one thing thou lackest, then Jesus beholding him loved him and said to him, one thing thou lackest, what is the one thing he lacked? Look, look, what, were, what was the subject? Eternal life, right? Eat, say eternal life. eternal life. 
Look what Jesus said kept him from eternal life, from flowing in the life of God. One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. You know what Jesus said his problem was? Money. Not that he had it, but his attitude toward it. God don't care nothing about how much money. You know what? God don't care nothing about how much money you have. You know how I know? Because when I was broke, he loved me. And now that I'm not broke, he loves me. When I was driving around in a vet, let me clarify, a Chevette. When I was driving around in a Chevette, Jesus sat next to me in the I mean, I had some times in the presence of God in that Chevette. But you know what? That didn't mean he was there because I was in a Chevette. See, that's what some people want to, that's, that's, that's what some people want to say. Well, Sam Walton, he didn't have a fancy car. He drove around in a pickup truck. Yeah, he lived on a farm down a dirt road. It made sense for him to have an old pickup truck. Well, these guys that drive around in fancy cars, guess what? It don't matter. God don't care. God don't care what you You know how I know he don't care? Because when I went from a Chevette to a Honda, he didn't even care that it was an American. <laughs> My dad was mad because he's General, General Motors employee. He's like, that's Japanese. I said, Lord, don't care. Japanese, dirty knees. He don't care. <laughs> don't care (laughs) but Jesus rode with me in the Honda you know how I know he kept Annie from dying when we had a wreck in it praise God praise God we got rid of that Honda we got into it what was the next one Uh, uh, Grand Am oh Daihatsu sound like you sneezed Daihatsu brand new one Jesus rode around with me in a three-cylinder Daihatsu then we got a Grand Am Jesus rolled around with us in the Grand Am. Then we got a, a, a BMW. And Jesus rolled with us in the BMW. And then we got an Infinity. And Jesus rolled with us in the Infinity. Amen. Then we got, you know, a Jeep and an and a Escalade and a Denali. And we, we start, then we started going through the cars regular. Stayed mostly in BMWs and, and, and some, some form of SUV. He was with me in every one of them. From the car that cost me $800 to the car that cost me hundred grand. I went and, got a, went and got a Tesla. Guess what? Jesus is in the Tesla. He don't care nothing about... Don's like, he does care. He, he, he does care about the Tesla. Amen. Dad got stuck in the company. He's like, he, Jesus cares about Tesla. Amen. But you know what I'm saying? God, God will bless you when you function in, in his, the fullness of his glory. Money will come to you. Blessing will come to you. P- listen, people will bless you. They will hunt you down to bless you. You'll, you'll, you'll bid a job high and they'll take, they'll take the high. The, amen. You'll bid a job high, be like, I don't really have time to do it. I'm going to bid it way high because if I do it, I want to make some money. And they'll pick you. Not because of you, but because of the glory of God. Amen. 
Amen. People will be people will be gracious toward you. You get on the airplane with a uh, with a seat in coach, and they'll up they'll bump you up to first class. Amen. Amen. You'll go in the store to buy, you know, an $800 suit and you'll leave with $6,000 worth of clothes all for less than $1,000 because God's favor is on you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I know some of you don't understand that. You don't get it, but it's true. God's about to bless some of you in a measure you've never been blessed financially. Everybody, This is your year. This is your, say it with me, stand up and say it with me, say this is my year. Glory to God. So next week, next week we'll start with go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor, then come take up your cross and follow. We'll start there and we'll talk about what that means and what, why the rich, well we know why the rich young ruler, you know why, the, why Jesus said that to the rich young ruler? Not, not because God doesn't like people that are rich or God don't want people to have nothing. It's revealed in the next verse of scripture. It says that the rich young ruler went away sad at the saying because he had great riches. And then Jesus goes in and he begins to expound on what he was saying to this guy. It wasn't because it wasn't this guy had money. It's because money had him. He was materialistic. Money was his God. He loved his money more than he loved the Lord. How do you know? Well, because he, he couldn't do what God said to do. That was his problem is that he wasn't willing to do what God said. It looked to him like God was putting him in, in jeopardy. What he didn't realize is if he'd have been obedient to God, according to, according to the word, if he would have given what, he, what God told him to give, it would have been given to him. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men would have given to his bosom, and he'd have been blessed more than what he started out with. But because he had so much of a love for money, and, and you know, it really wasn't money. It, I, I guarantee his, his motive wasn't money. It manifested with money, but I guarantee that this rich young ruler's problem was that he had trusted more in his ability to provide for himself, to make his own way, than he had ever trusted in the ability of God to make a way for him. Amen. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will make a way. Turn to someone, tell them God will make a way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This wasn't a repeat of last week, was it? It wasn't, was it? Thank God. <laughs> I, I can't remember everything I said last week, so I was hoping not. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know this or not. I don't preach with notes, typically. Sometimes I'll write some down and Usually when I do, I'm reading them and y'all know, know it because I'm not good with, never have been. I've just felt like the Lord never, but this is one of those subjects that I know um, uh, we, we need to really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you. Just a minute longer. Let's just... Just wait on him just a minute longer. But God's Spirit's working here. It's time. Today's your day. Today's your day. 
It's not too late. Listen, you're alive. It's never too late to do things God's way. It's never too late to do things God's way. It's never too late. If you have breath in your lung, there's a chance for God to have his way. I don't care what it looks like. You may look like you're at the end of your rope. I'll never forget a testimony I heard Brother Shambach tell. He was preaching a message on God's never too late. He told a couple of, of, of testimonies. One of the testimonies he told was of a woman. Walked in the door while he was preaching. While he was preaching. Came and hauled a man to the front of the tent on her shoulder. She, she just looked like she had a, a sack over her shoulder. And she came and she had this sack and he said... He didn't know what it was until she let, the, she let the sack down, and what it was, it was a sheet. And she put the, the, the sheet down, and she let go of the corners, and when the sheet opened, he said there was a man in there. The man was so thin and so frail. He said when the, when the sheet opened up, he could, he could smell that the man was sick. He was dying. Doctors had given him up uh, to die. He was, he was dying of cancer. It was eating up his entire body. It was eating up his bones. It was eating him so much so that his wife, this, that's a woman that brought him, could carry him in a sheet over her shoulder and lay him at that altar. Brother Shambach said he stopped. You know what? You know what the doctors say? It's too late. But that man had breath in his lungs. Are you hearing me today? You need to understand it's not too late. Shambach laid his hands on him, cursed the cancer, commanded it to die. And he said that woman, after he got done praying, pulled the corners of that sheet together, threw that man over her shoulder and walked out of the tent. I think he said it was about six months later. He's preaching under the tent again. And this big man comes, runs up to the front of the tent while he's preaching. Grabs Brother Shambach, big dude, picks him up off the ground and starts dancing around with him. He's like, brother, put me down, put me down, put me down. And the guy put him down. He says, what's wrong with you? He said, six months ago, my wife brought me wrapped in a sheet, threw me at the altar. You laid your hands on me, cursed the cancer, and God healed me of that cancer. Brother Shambach said, pick me back up again. <laughs> they shouted the victory you know what men might say it's too late but with God it's never too another testimony he gave during that same message he said he said God was never too late and a woman ran forward with divorce papers through it said now tell me God's never too late brother Shambach said he looked at those divorce papers he ripped them in half and he threw the pieces to the ground. He said, he's never too late. And she, he prayed over her husband. Prayed that God would get him. A couple of weeks later, they both come to the tent. Their marriage restored. Jesus, Jesus getting the glory. Are y'all hearing me? I don't care what you're going through. There's an answer. It's the fullness of God. 
Amen. That means, you know what? That means you may, you may have to put down your pride. You might, you might have to go, go from being a queen to being a servant. A king, because that's what Jesus did. He, he put down his royalty, his deity. He came in the form of a servant, even though he was a son. See, we think that means that now we're, we're taking a vow of poverty. No. No. You're just entering in to the quality of eternal life. He's going to elevate you. Boy, I'm, this is, I don't know about y'all, but these first two meetings in this series, this is some of the most valuable stuff I think I've ever preached in this church. Concerning prosperity, this is most, some of the most valuable stuff I've preached in this church concerning prosperity. Because I've never told y'all this from this perspective. But it's where it's at. Amen. So you keep working on it. When, you know, when you fail, you, you get up. You brush yourself off. When you make a bad confession, you retract it. Lord, I speak, I speak death over those words that I spoke that were a curse. And I speak, your, I speak your word. I speak life. I declare in the name of, you know, then you begin, to, you begin to do what's right. God will be with you and he will help you. Amen. Talk to your heart. Tell it it's going to beat right. They put a valve in there, right? So it's not a real one. It's a fake one. Titanium. Here's the deal. Be like, titanium, if you can't work right, Lord, put me a new valve in there. Amen. Let the doctors look up in there and say, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We figured, we figured out why it malfunctioned, because you grew a new valve. And the new valve pushed out the titanium valve. And there's no damage. You say, that can't happen. I've seen, listen. I'm going to play a video one Sunday morning, maybe Wednesday night of a man that went to a church service in Lagos, Nigeria, Africa. Now you're going you're gonna to grow, you're gonna have to grow up and be big boys and be big girls to see this video. Because this fellow came to church with no pants on because he couldn't fit pants on. Because his stuff was swelled up as big as his head. Scrotum cancer. The man of God prayed for him. Instead of everything shrinking, this man's scrotum exploded and all of the cancer fell to the, the ground. Right. He's got skin hanging to his knees. The, I, I guess in Nigeria, they don't care much about what people think because they were all up in this guy's business. His testicles were gone. His scrotum was, was hanging skin. I have, a, I have a video at the house. This man leaves the service and they follow him to, to see his progress. In, in, in a couple of days, he's growing, I know this is crazy, he's growing new testicles in two days. The skin is growing back. The, the skin that was hanging just fell off. Within two weeks, this guy has a brand new scrotum. God gave him brand new testicles and he has no cancer. You know why that can't, you say, why can't that happen in America? Because the minute somebody came in here, no britches, we'd be out the door saying, I'm never going back to that church.
Then we call the people that saw the miracle the devil. We're, we're about to enter into a new thing. Amen. Reach out and grab it. Reach out and grab it. It's here. God's moving. Amen. Praise God. Listen, if you need prayer today, I want to pray for you. I'm just opening up the altar. If you want prayer, come. Uh, elders, uh, is Miss Rhonda still around? Miss Rhonda's still here? Yeah. Uh, bring the kids back in and we'll... Um, come on, Michelle. Praise God. Some, some, of you, some of you today, the Spirit of God convicted you. Some of you have been saying the wrong thing. You've been declaring the wrong thing. You've been going the wrong way. Today's your opportunity to turn it around. If, if that's you if, you, if if the Spirit of God convicted you today and you, need to, and you need to get things turned around, if you need to begin to say something different, declare something different, believe something different, allow the Lord to do something different in you, I want you to come. I want you to come. We're going to pray for you. Amen. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's okay. And it's okay. If the kids get a little rowdy, it'll be okay. Don't. That's okay. You know, we're, the Spirit of God isn't grieved. Contrary to popular belief, the Spirit of God isn't grieved by babies. If he's half as entertained as I am by these kids, we're going to have trouble getting his attention to work on you for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on, Annie, come up here, will you? Thank you, Jesus. Hilda, David, will y'all help me? I know you're back there, David, so yeah, you're good there. Because you can pray from there. Miss Rhonda, I need for you to help us pray for some of these folks. I'm going to tell you something. Miss Rhonda be getting a hold of Jesus in her prayers. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray for these. Let's find out why they need prayer and then let's lay our hands on them and pray for them. Can we do that? Praise God. Y'all go ahead and find someone. Start with someone. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. David, come. Pray for, pray for this girl here. Para sofro driandana mahara druechitriete pete. Shene merese kechitere gudiatara mahara. Come here, Debbie. Para saporo. Let's pray for Michelle. I want you to pray for Michelle. Selfere driectere mahara drioso. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Kara saporo druche drietere mahara. Lord, I thank you. Coro sopongo lo joro bo seke chitere bahara. Tu brehe seke chitere kere kire seke chele bere fride. Nana mara mo seke chibengele dea. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Celebre hisa kara druche dene men seke chitere kosea. Barvide de bestere drice ke dieche driete. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I agree with Annie for Talisha. God, we agree in the name of Jesus. Lord, 
Kelesika, she's strong in you and in the strength and in the power of your might. Thank you, Lord, for April. Oh, I agree with Miss Rhonda. Shelebrehista. Yoro socorro directe de Messia. Shana ramasakeche directe de Messia. I agree with David right now. Colosoporro. Lord, touch her today. Let your fire fall upon her. May she be transformed today, God, because of what you're doing in this place. Find out what she needs. Find out what she needs, baby. We thank you, Father. Michelle's going to live. She ain't going to die. We, de we decree it in the name of Jesus. Man, even if they don't see one bit of change in the natural, God, you're going to cause her to live because you live in her. You're quickening and making alive her mortal body in the name of Jesus. Or she already a walking miracle in a, some measure. But God, we thank you today. God, give her, let her quality of life be the quality of eternal life. Lord, may she walk according to your word, live by faith in you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Michelle, I'm going to encourage you to make sure that you get in a... I mean, I know you. Um, this is your church. You got, got, you got to try to get here and get under the ministry of the word. The word is extremely important. It's important to hear it. It's important to uh, be exposed regularly to that same word of faith. It builds your faith. It, it strengthens you in, you in your inner man. It fortifies you. But honestly, if you can't get here, get into a word church. Somewhere where somebody's telling you the word, the unadulterated word of God. And try not to concentrate on the things that don't really affect you and you being everything that God wants you to be. Because, I don't know if you realize this or not, but jacked up people come to church. That's, everybody walks through the door. So if you get your eyes on people, you can start to get your eyes off of Jesus real quick and wonder, you know, what kind of mess he's got going on in his family. But, uh, yeah, the family of God, in the natural, we look a mess. But there's no better people on the planet than God's people. And there's no greater God than our God. Like there is no God other than ours. But I, I do, I want to encourage you. You've got to get plugged in some, someplace. That we, here, yeah, you've got to get the Word of God. Because when you start to drift away from that, it, the enemy will try to mess with you. So I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of you. You're not earning it. It's not that you earn it that way. It's just that's, that's going to be the way that you start to see past the darkness and the things that the enemy try to tell you about dying and, and difficulty and struggle. But around here, we believe, you're, you're, we believe you're living, not dying. We always have. We've never, you know what? We've never even treated this as even greater than a cold. You know, when I pray for you, I'm not, oh, God. No, I lay hands on you like I lay hands on everybody. Honestly, it's, 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 not, it's nothing for God. It really isn't. And I know it's everything for you, but it's nothing for God. God is able. Amen. They're okay. They're fine. It, she's fine, Shelby, too. Don't worry about it. Thank God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the Rosses. I thank you for this family. 
Is there something specific y'all want me to pray for? Tell me. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. I get it. Lord, I, I join my faith with theirs right now. God, where they're, where they're lacking in faith, we're making up the difference. Come here, Mama. We're making up the difference. Lord, we're standing in faith with them, trusting you with them, believing God with them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that this sickness, this infirmity is being eradicated for your glory. In the name of Jesus, that healing, health, and wholeness belongs to Jasmine and belongs in the Ross house. Father, I thank you that you don't do these things based on, on their behavior or based on their performance. But Lord, you've already taken care of these things according to your word. So we declare in Jesus' name, health, wholeness for the glory of God, this sickness, this infirmity, taking its hands off of Jasmine now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, I thank you that her mind is capturing your word, that her mind and her spirit are aligning, and they're, they're firing on the same cylinder. God, that her mind and her heart aren't in two different places, but her mind and her heart are in the same place, established on you and on your word. So, Lord, I thank you that you're giving her the strength. You, you, Lord, you said we're to be strong in you. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're strengthening her to stand and stand there for, and we're standing with her. And we declare that we're not moving off of your word until we see you do what you said you would do. And we will give praise and glory and honor until the manifestation arrives. Because, Lord, we see it is done in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice and thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we thank you for Carolyn. Anything in particular, Carolyn? I just want to continue to live and walk after the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that Carolyn... Lord, Carolyn's getting more. Your word says we can have it. And so, Lord, we release it to her. We say more glory, more anointing, more revelation, more power, more strength, more word. In the name of Jesus, more favor, more grace. More direction, more wisdom. More influence. More opportunities. More doors opening up. More knowledge. More praise. More adoration. More worship. 
more glory in the namasa in the name of Jesus thank you Lord we thank you for it Father we thank you for it Father come on everybody all over the place let's give the Lord a great big shout hallelujah glory to God glory to God glory to God Lord, I thank you that this appointment is going to end with, well, it's nothing. Glory to God. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, Debbie lives and moves and has her being in you. We know that. Lord, everything she does, she does, Lord, with a, a heart filled with joy. All, the, all, the, the joy that only you can give. And the suprada. And so, Father, I thank you that she's going with joy, and she's going to return with joy, declaring the goodness of God. I thank you, Father, that she's healthy, she's wealthy, and she is wise in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. Isn't that your confession? <laughs> Amen. Thank God. Well, glory. Amen. You know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna say this to y'all. I declare I declare uh, ease in having children in this house. And if you if you want them, if you want them, if you're looking to have children, then with ease. Not I'm gonna I'm gonna decree something over y'all. I decree in the name of Jesus that you're not just gonna get pregnant easy. That you're not just gonna get pregnant easy. But you're going to carry your pregnancy to full term, and it's not going to be hard. It's going to be easy in the name of Jesus. I declare that there are... Now, listen, if you don't want children, then be, be careful. <laughs> She's like, I'm out. I'm going to the back. I'm going to the back. <laughs> but if you want babies, I declare... This is the season for it. Amen. And, and because there's fruitfulness. Amen. It, there's, a, there's an abounding, there's an abounding anointing in this place. And eternal life, eternal life brings life. So some might say, well, uh, what if I have a dead womb? Then he'll bring it to life. Amen. You say, well, what if my seed isn't what it needs to be as a man? Well, I declare in the name of Jesus Your seed is about to become strong. They're about to be some strong swimmers in the name of Jesus. This is going to work out for your good. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you for babies at Winner's Church. Hallelujah. Babies at Winner's Church. Glory to God. Well, how many of you received this today? Boy, I, I tell you, man, I really... Amen. You, you know what? You know what? You know what Jasmine just said. She said, "By this time next year, double children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Double children in the name of Jesus." So, listen, boy, I'm leaving here today on cloud nine. I really, I really sense God's help with us here today. God's with us here. Uh, he's working. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. We're back here on. We're, well, keep your ears to the ground. If if we get ice, I, I don't want y'all to get out in, in any kind of weather that's going to get you in trouble. But um, we, we, we will be watching the weather. They're predicting that, we would, that we're going to have a mix of snow and ice. If that happens, 
uh, we we may have to we may have to um, we may have to cancel Wednesday. But I will I will Facebook Live you guys at, for at least for at least thirty or forty minutes. We'll get on Facebook. But um, but definitely uh, be be weather aware this this uh, after Tuesday. Be weather aware. Uh, if you need help, if you end up in a ditch somewhere, you know, reach out to your family, the family of God. We'll try to help you the best that we can. Uh, but we'll let you know about, about Wednesday when we figure when we finally see what things turn out to be. You know how it is. Sometimes they 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 talk about you know snowmageddon and it ends up being a, a yeah eighty degrees. So uh, pray for me tomorrow. Oh yes, our tithe and our offering. If you have your tithe, your offering, uh, let's do that. I forgot about that. I did say I would do that hereafter. You can bring your tithe. You can bring your offering. We'll pray over it here in a moment. What is this week for Superseed? Uh, week number five. Week number five for Superseed, five over and above. If you text to give, yes. If you need an, if you need an envelope, lift your hand. We'll get you an envelope. You need them? Yep, in the kids' room, parents uh, uh, and sponsors are meeting in the kids' room. Uh, Father, thank you for the offering. Thank you for the blessing that your people are. Uh, Lord, we pray your blessing will be upon each offering, each tithe. And God, uh, give to your people good measure. Press down, shake it together, running over uh, because... Uh, it's your word. Let men give into their bosom. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the privilege that we have to participate in the economy of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bring your tithe. Bring your offering. If you have a visitor's card, you can bring your visitor's card. Uh, if you filled it out electronically, thank you. But uh, listen, I love you guys. Uh, if you're texting to give 77977, uh, text Winner's Church to that number, and you'll be, uh, you'll be uh, how do they call it? Uh, You'll be directed to another page to set up your text to give. But anyway, I love you guys. It's so good having you today. This is a, uh, uh, a, a t what's, what's your friend's name again, Aaron? Tierra. Tierra. So good to have you. I'm glad that you came today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you're, if you're uh, also, if, you're, uh, if you've been coming to Winner's Church and you haven't yet uh, plugged in and become a member, uh, I want to say this to you. Membership has its privileges. Uh, it does. Welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Amen. But uh, uh, we will be having a new uh, members class here shortly. Uh, so get plugged into that if you haven't already done that. I love you guys. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you guys back here either Wednesday or next Sunday in Jesus' name.